Hey everyone, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It is so lovely to have you and thank you again for sharing this podcast with whoever may need it, honestly. I have had the absolute pleasure of hosting this show and continuing to build the networks that we all need, honestly, during this time. If there's anything that we can add maybe to the show, any feedback that you may have, I am seriously all ears and I am always looking to bring more value to you all. So however we can help you, definitely let me know. I also want to let you all know that I have been doing quite a few styled shoots here in town, um, in Phoenix lately. If you are a photographer in the Phoenix Um, California, Colorado, New Mexico, maybe even area, and you would like to participate in these shoots, maybe, I mean, if you're one of my friends from abroad, I'd love to have you as well. Uh, We are having a good, good time with these styled shoots. They are um, a shootout style, so with multiple photographers, but uh, more than happy to have anyone that wants to come and join in on the party we are like i said having a lot of fun with these style shoots definitely would love to have you out um so definitely keep an eye on the style shoots on my instagram facebook i post them pretty much um, all throughout my social i do max out at 10 to 12 uh, photographers but if there is anything else that i can do for you all just let me know but if not enjoy this podcast thanks guys Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. I have Miss Alia and Becca on the line with Lady Grace Seattle. Uh, had connected them with them through Instagram. I'm excited to learn more about them today and really just dive in deep with business in general and you know and what it's like. But um, why don't you guys go ahead introduce yourself, uh, your company, and let people know how long you have been around for. Uh, Becca, you want to go first? Sure. Um, my name is uh, Becca. I am the head baker and co-owner of Lady Grace Seattle. Um, we've been in business since um, January of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and, and then, then – yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then I'm Alia, and I'm the head decorator and co-owner uh, and like Becca said, we've been in business for about a year and a half now, maybe a little bit over. Yeah. And then um, how has the journey of starting a business been for you all? You know, obviously circumstances are different now. Nobody really saw this coming. Um, yeah. I mean, how has the first year and a few months been for you all? Um, so I think – I'm, all things considered, our first year went really well. Um, I think okay. that given we're a smaller business, uh, we really don't take on many orders a weekend, you know, like okay. two to three or so. And then we were looking to scale up a little bit later on, actually this, this year, but that's not going to happen, um, or this summer. Sure. But sure. our first, for all things considered, for our first year, um, we were really cautious when we went into starting this. Um, we didn't want to jump into it and put all of our eggs into one basket. And I think because of that, okay. We uh, saw, I think we we ended up being very comfortable and pleasantly surprised with um, how well that first year went. Um, And I think a little bit of of that also has to do with I was 
decorating cakes for a little bit before that and bakeries and stuff. So I was, I was kind of familiar with the wedding world. And I think that gave us a little bit of a leg up in terms of understanding how it all worked and like where to be and events and all of that, how the networking thing works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, um, you know, off of your end, how many, you know, pre everything going on, you know, how many weddings or events were you guys taking in a weekend? Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, um, I, I think probably two to three, um, especially okay. once we would have hit um, sort of the peak wedding season, which is sort of the end of May to the end of September. So um, that's the sort of when everybody, you know, around Seattle is getting married because the weather's nice. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the busy time of year, and we were looking at about two um, to three weddings. Per. And a lot of yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, and a lot of that also has to do with the size of the order, because I mean mm-hmm. we can only take on like if we have a wedding that's serving two hundred and one that's serving a hundred, you know, then mm-hmm. that's going to take up a chunk. But if I have somebody, if we have fifteen different people who want a small cutting cake, then we can take on fifteen plus of those because those are easy. So mm-hmm. really, there's a lot sure. of variation there. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would say like two to three large orders, max four. I got you. And then, um, do you all just do cakes, or do you do also like desserts and stuff to go with? Um, right now, we're just focused on cakes. Uh, I think that's really where our um, passion <coughs> and interest lies at this moment, so um, that's really what we've been kind of focusing on. Uh, We have um, a pretty tremendous network of other um, small makers that we know in Seattle, so if people come to us and they're interested in having a cake and um, other small desserts as well, we're always able to kind of refer them out um, Mm -hmm. to some other really fantastic uh, uh, businesses in the Seattle area. Yeah, and then there's like, I was going to say, the other thing about like the way we operate is that, so as you know, Becca is the baker and I'm the decorator, and those are our strengths. Um, And we really just, because we're only two people as well, we wanted to have one thing and focus on that and do that really well, at least, you know, initially. And then, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not that we couldn't do the other baking sort of things, but we want to be able to put out a single product that we execute really highly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what is your background, you know, both of your guys is in the baking world? Um, so we actually met um, when we were both attending uh, the pastry program at a culinary school here in Seattle. Uh, so both of us are um, trained pastry chefs. Um, and... Alia, as she said, had worked at decorating cakes for another bakery here in Seattle. Um, I have been sort of baking from a, um, you know, unofficial standpoint for my entire life and uh, going to, you know, culinary school was sort of the realization of this sort of interest and dream. And um, I also have had the opportunity to work at um, a couple of really uh, pretty stellar bakeries and restaurants here in the Seattle area to kind of, um, you know, continue my education and build my skill set. Uh, so that's, that's sort of my background, Alia. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, what Becca said. So I uh, was working sort of in office things before all of this, and I sort of decided at the time I was in my mid-20s, and I was like, well, if I'm going to try something, I'd rather make my mistakes now, not like 10 years down the road. Uh, so I got a job and I started working in a bakery a little bit before I started school. And then I worked in the bakery throughout school as well. Um, and that really helped. I sort of needed to, I needed, I knew that I liked doing it. I just needed to learn and see if I liked doing it in a professional manner rather than just doing it at home. So I wanted to get that experience in my belt. Sure. And, you know, when you both, I mean, were kind of growing up, did you know that you wanted to be into the baking space? Like, what was kind of your, um, you know, growing up story? Um, I mean, for, for myself, I come from a family of uh, really tremendous sort of uh, bakers and cooks and so food and gathering around food and sort of celebrating with food is very much a part of my uh, family culture growing up. And so it's always kind of been a, a really big interest of mine. I don't know that I necessarily always thought I'd grow up to be a baker, um, but I think, you know, before I went to culinary school, I, I was actually uh, working as an early childhood educator for a really long time, and I was in the process of, of entering nursing school because I thought that, you know, I really, I liked caring for people, and I thought that that was, you know, a good good career path for me, and as I was doing it, it just didn't, it didn't feel right, so I kind of had this existential crisis of like, okay, well, what is it, what is it that I'm doing, what is it that I want to do, and for some reason, I just kept coming back to baking. It was a big interest of mine, and I was like, you know what, let me just, let me just try this, let's try this, and, and I think I really lucked out. It's been a really good fit. Yeah. Um, and then I think my experience growing up is sort of similar to what Becca said. Like when I I am half Middle Eastern, I grew up on a tiny island called Bahrain, and like there, dinner every night with your family is just how things go. Mm. So I grew up with um, having a meal every night with my family around the dinner table. It was vital, right? And so I think I had this moment in my mid twenties where I was feeling sort of lost, where I realized that the one thing that had been really consistent in my life was food and gathering around the table for food. And I clearly had a serious um, affinity for it. And I, like, I loved cooking projects and baking projects and all of that. And it, it was just sort of like, well, if not now, then when? Might as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so then um, is this you guys full-time, like, um, or do you, you know, current, is this like side project, passion project? What is, you know, current situation for you all? So as of right now, um, Alia and I both have, well, I mean, you know, it, it, the COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> sort of upended right. everybody's <laughs> professional lives, I think. Um, yeah. But before yeah. this was happening, I was working full-time as a pastry chef at a restaurant in downtown Seattle, and that was sort of my main gig that I was using to kind of support myself and pay my bills as Lady Grey kind of grows. I think um, Ollie and I both are pretty cautious people, especially mm -hmm. uh, from a financial standpoint. And I think mm -hmm. going into this, we really wanted it to, to – we didn't want to get too fast. Um, and so it was important for both of us to kind of maintain day jobs that we knew we could support ourselves with and then, um, you know, the goal was to 
sustainable pace and then eventually have that become sort of a full-time thing. Yeah, exactly. What Becca said. So, yeah, I mean, we were both working uh, other jobs to support. We just didn't want to be in a position where we grew Lady Grey so quickly that you kind of start to loathe it because you can't handle everything you put on your plate. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice because since we have this, you know, financial, uh, like, security because we have day jobs, we're able to kind of pick and choose the projects that we take on. We don't have to say yes to everything because we're desperate Mm -hmm. for income. And that, you know, feels really good, not only from, you know, just like an emotional standpoint of, like, I don't have to say yes to something I don't want to do just because I really need to, you know, pay my bills. Um, But it also means that we can kind of maintain um, Mm – brand integrity, I guess, because mm-hmm. we, we don't have to do anything that doesn't feel like us, mm-hmm. um, and we can kind of take on projects that really sort of fit with what we envision Lady Grey to be. Right, and it ultimately builds a much stronger portfolio. Yes. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know what the heck happened, but I lost you guys, and that made me really mad. So uh going to try to cut this up and make it as... <laughs> smooth as possible um but then I mean moving you know say into the next five years um where do you both envision Lady Grey Seattle to be um I feel like I've been a little bit afraid to think of five years down the road just you know within the last month because I think what we were initially envisioning for us is a little is going to look a little bit different for a little bit or like a little bit smaller for a little bit longer than we had initially, mm-hmm. we were thinking when we entered into 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I think we both agree that we would at least like to be in a position to have a studio space that's our own because right now what we do, and this is pretty common in terms, because Seattle has a lot of food businesses and so usually you rent out a space in a commercial kitchen, it's just not yours and so you have a lot of time that you go there for. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's, I mean, it's great that you have that option. There's actually a few options. You can also get, like, get a cottage license and work from the home in, as long as it's baking in Washington, which is great as well. Um, but eventually we'd like to get to a point where we have a studio that's ours and we can produce in-house but then also have a little bit of a, like, a little tasting area where we can bring clients in. But we would be appointment only. We don't want to be a slice shop where people come in and out all, the day, all day. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. There in the Seattle area, would you have, like, a dream location that you would want to be in? Hmm, somewhere close, like, with easy access from a highway, because in Seattle that's not, it, it, that's not a thing. It's not yeah. like, living, like, I lived in Texas for a little while, and, like, the highway's right there. No matter where you are, it's really easy to get to. But in Seattle, the roads are so windy, and they're dealing with a lot of, like, rough terrain. So mm-hmm. any area that's sort of, I don't mind being a little bit further out as long as somebody can get off a highway and, like, park easily. Yeah. Yeah, park easily. And then uh, no big hills. I feel like yeah. that's, that's... Yeah, that'll scare people. It's, it's a little um, terrifying to drive around with a cake um, with a sea pill. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so crazy because I feel like if you haven't been to Seattle, like, you wouldn't really think of there being hills, but then you get there and it's like... Yeah. San Francisco yeah. Hills, like huge, like yeah, in the city, mm-hmm. it's kind of scary actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely. I have, uh, I, I, it's, you're right. Like I think people associate San Francisco, but Seattle is it's 
It's a hilly place. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then you have, um, like, when you're at stop sign or stop lights, especially, and how it'll, like, roll you back for a moment, and then you got to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. that's a little scary, too. Like, I have actually family up in the Seattle area, and um, whenever I'm just kind of driving around the city, I always get scared that I'm obviously not going to roll all the way back to hit someone, but you never know how close people are to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that jolt, that jolt, though, is always terrifying. And a jolt is always terrifying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially if it's like we've had a dry spell and then you get the first rain and you're stuck at a light on a hill and yeah. the roads are slick. It's just like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, for you, Lady Green Seattle, what has been the – most unique or coolest event that you all um, had the opportunity to bake for? Mm. We do a lot of weddings. So all the weddings are always a lot of fun. But, I mean, I think the thing about being in weddings is, I mean, it's a little bit different as a planner because you're there the whole time. But, you know, we usually are delivering the cake, um, and then we never, we usually don't see the event when it's all finished until we get the photos back. so that's always a little bit, you know, there's like a waiting game. And then there's a lot of months in between those getting those photos, too. So you don't realize sometimes, like, how amazing something is until you get to see those photos a few months down the line. Um, but, I mean, we definitely had weddings where, oh, gosh, there was that really – it was a really small wedding at a winery. And it was just, like, all of the decor and the planning and everything was so – I mean, they had a photo, like, one of those um, – photo buses but they the way that they decorated it they used a lot of fresh fruit and like the colors were all just super bright like these pink hues which otherwise I would think are kind of difficult to pull off but oh man it was just so gorgeous so that wedding was a lot of fun I don't know but like typewriters the way they I think they had used like pomegranates and pears and stuff to put people's baby um, baby pineapples too oh yeah 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 baby yeah, to, as they were, like, the seat markers. Um, so that one was cool, but we didn't get to see that until, like, the photos afterwards. And it, it's just always fun because you never know which weddings are going to be, like, where the decor is something that they, like, really, really put a lot of time into versus, you know, something that's going to be a little bit more woodsy and simple. You just never know what you're getting into. So those are always mm-hmm. fun. Um, that was definitely one that stands out. Um, and I think because it was a smaller wedding, they probably were able to put a little bit more time into those, like, really the hyper, de- hyper details. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, we were, we're always doing like wedding shows and things like that, but we, it's not really the no. same, you know, it's, but you, you have a lot of people around and things like that. So, um, it's, it's not exactly, I don't know, the same, I guess, because yeah. every, every area can be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the, one of the coolest opportunities we had was, um, Cherry Bomb Magazine. Uh, oh, which yeah. is this amazing, amazing publication that sort of celebrates women in the restaurant food industry. Um, did mm-hmm. their uh, one of their annual, or I guess they a couple times a year they do conferences, and they did a conference in mm-hmm. Seattle, and they invited us to be one of the food vendors there. Um, so we were able to kind of like prepare um, a little small cake bite, and we um, partnered with a uh, another local Seattle business, a really great friend of ours. She does macarons. Amazing. Black, Black Magic Sweet, amazing macarons. We were able to kind of partner with her, put a little macaron on top of our cake bite. But I think that was so cool because it was just like to be surrounded by all these amazing women who 
have food businesses and who work in the restaurant and food industry. It was really inspiring and really cool to meet all those people and to be a part of to be a part of an event like that. It really was a nice reminder that um, the community that we've chosen to be involved with is is so special and just, mm-hmm. just full of talent. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, so styled shoot wise, do you find yourself creating um, cakes for style shoots quite often? Um, have you maybe not dipped into it? What's currently, you know, style shoot on the radar for you all? Yeah, we definitely do styled shoots. Um, and more often than not, I will create something for the shoot, like exclusive to the shoot. Uh, occasionally I might, I mean, I think maybe a, there's only been a few times where somebody's reached out for a shoot and it's either maybe I didn't have time to make something, but I could use something like I have, I keep dummies that are already decorated and they're shelf stable. And so every now and then um, uh, there's been a few times where I've given a dummy that's already decorated and fits within the theme. But it's some, I usually only do that if it's because like I have a cake that I like and uh but I, ha- I don't have any good photos of it, so it fits well. I never, like, I don't want to agree to a shoot and give them a dummy just because it, you know, just, like, to, what am I trying to say? But I don't want to give them a dummy that, like, just because, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, right, sure, right, sure, right. just take it. You know, yeah. like, I, I want it to be, to fit with them and to actually add to the vision that they're trying to create and bring to life. Uh, so I generally try not to just give um, a dummy out just for the sake of, like, having them fill a table or something. I want it to be special to them as well. So typically um, I'll be creating a new one because then that's also an opportunity for me to try out something new that I maybe have been noodling around with but haven't had a chance to try yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so off the baking end of the side of things, um, Do you both have a favorite flavor of cake? Mm, Well, we know, I mean, I love your, Becca's pistachio cake is fantastic. It's kind of, it's really hard to choose. Um, I would Mm -hmm. say that also the pistachio is the most popular. And so what it is, is a pistachio cake, Becca makes like a pistachio paste from scratch. And then it has a whipped cream cheese and a layer of tart raspberry sauce in the middle. Uh, so that's um, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, okay, yeah, Becca, your turn. Uh, I mean, it varies. I feel like it, yeah. it, some some days it's, um, you know, one thing, and other days it's another. And then if I'm trying something new, that becomes my favorite thing. Yeah. And I'm just so in, personally invested in it in that moment. Yeah. Um, I really love, we have a... Um, banana cake on the menu that has a chocolate ganache and then I make a tahini salted caramel sauce that gets folded into buttercream and then more of that tahini caramel sauce gets sort of drizzled on top as well and that one is just so cozy and warm Mm -hmm. and kind of an unexpected flavor I think it's you know not many people tend to think of tahini as something that can be used in sweet dishes Mm -hmm. um but I um grew up eating it in sweet preparations. Um, my family is Jewish. I have a lot of family in Israel. And um, when my grandmother would go to Israel to visit her family, she'd bring back these, like, sesame candies. And so I grew up eating, like, sweet sesame tahini things. And so um, I really wanted to figure out a way to kind of incorporate that in. 
And, um, yeah, I feel like that one has come out, come out just like, it's like this little sleeper hit. Like nobody thinks to like try it because everyone's like, oh, banana cake, I don't know. But it's mm-hmm. so like, I don't know. It just, it, it's, it's good. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the balance of the sweet and the savory. It just doesn't, it's, it's so good. It's yeah. delicious. I had a feeling Becca was going to say that, which is why I didn't <laughs> say I said that, that. I mean, I do love the pistachio, but that one is just, it's like Becca said, super cozy. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No, that's fun. And then, um, do you, you know, have a certain type of, you know, say fondant versus, you know, regular icing, <laughs> or you know, do you have a preference on which one you like better? It's better to work. Yeah. We. Yeah. So I don't use fondant. Um, okay. I just. I've come to the decorating thing with a background in painting, and I've been able to work with buttercream in a way that really imitates oil painting, which is what I've mm. done in the past. Um, and fondant is, I mean, I think that fondant has a lot of uses, and I understand its, its need in certain things. It's just not necessarily our style. But also, mm. like, the clients that come to us are all people who, like, they're like, oh, we hate fondant. I don't want anything to do with fondant. And I'm like, great, that works for me. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some things that you can do, obviously, that are really gorgeous with fondant, but um, it's, I just like, I think I, I feel like I have more control over buttercream, um, and so for that, I definitely, it just makes a little bit more sense for, for our style, but I'll use fondant for things that are um, just for dummy cakes, because then I can, I'll make the base that way, and then I can uh, use what's called a royal icing to imitate the buttercream like if I want to paint on a cake or something and do that, we have a painty, painted sort of floral look that we do. Um, but I only use fondant really for dummy cakes so that I can have something that I can hold on to and use to display that's not so nerve-wracking to transport. <laughs> right, right. And it's so funny when I feel like you do have dummy cakes because not that you're like flailing it around like crazy, but you're yeah. not as like balancing and going crazy over it, obviously, because it's not as heavy and they're pretty light, and you're just moving, and people are like, "Is that right?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've walked like, around with you. Yeah, I've walked around with like uh, with two multi-tiered dummy cakes before, and you walk by people, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like start like doing. Uh, just jumping around with it or doing something yeah. and like freaking out on your behalf and you're like it's fake don't worry <laughs> yeah no it's all good that's funny um so then social media wise you know off of you know my end just observing your own social media um you know looks like you I mean have a really good following, obviously really good engagement on your posts, everything like that. Um, <laughs> do you all, I mean, have, you know, maybe like strategies off of your end that you're like, we need to post like this many times a week or is it more so like post them as they come or like let's do this? Like what do you all kind of do um, off the social media space? Um, I think that I, when we started out, I think I used to care a little bit more about having some kind of schedule. Uh, I just, I think it's social media, it's, it's great and it's all, it's, but it's so hard, right? Which I'm sure mm-hmm. you know. 
Mm-hmm. It's just, it takes up so much of your time. And so I think when you're in the rhythm of it, it you, you don't think about it so much. And then the minute you stop and you go a few days without being tied to your phone, commenting on things all the time, you're like, oh, wow, this is kind of really nice. <laughs> so I, I think I, I used to do, I used to be a lot better, I guess you could say, about posting a little bit more regularly. I don't mm-hmm. ever, I never wanted to post something every single day. That's just too much for me personally. I, it's, it's just, unnecessary on our end. That's how I, I feel. I think that that's not necessarily true for everybody. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a personal choice, but so strategy wise, I don't have a strategy now in terms of how many, how often I'm posting. Um, but I do have things that I do with just like when I am posting. So the most important thing when it comes to Instagram is engagement and that comes from how often you're on there engaging with other people, right? The algorithm is essentially going to favor, favor you if you're using it, if you're on there and you're being social. That's what it wants. Mm-hmm. So I think when I know that I'm going to be posting something either the day before or like that morning, I'll just be on a little bit more and I'll be commenting on it a little, on people's posts a little bit more. But I think the most important thing for people to understand is that it's, you know, when you're on there and you're interacting with people, you're making friends and people want to feel like you're your friend, right? And it's the same for me. Like, I like having those connections with those other businesses because ultimately, maybe we haven't met in person yet, but we've been interacting a lot, right? And then they walk into a pop-up of ours and I know who they are and we've interacted. So um, I do have some things that I do. Like, I'm always sure to comment a lot before I post, right after I've posted and I I post, um, I comment on people's posts that I follow and then I'll go in as well and I'll find accounts via hashtags that um, like that have posted most recently after I've posted and then start interacting with them and then usually that's how you know like we'll give them a follow and vice versa Um, but that just keeps the like everything a little bit active during those first few hours because the first two hours of a post are the most important Um, and what else I mean we have like a set hashtags we have a set of hashtags that I use every time. And then I tag in the photo, like the full 20 that you can. So if it's a photo that I've taken or like from a wedding or something, I tag all of those vendors. And then after that, I'll tag larger blogs that relate um, mm-hmm. in the wedding world so mm-hmm. that they, our photos will appear on their tags. So, so like there is a lot of stuff that goes behind a single sure. image. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of why I don't do it so much anymore because it's like, this one photo, it's like hour, like an hour before, and then a few hours after, I'm stuck to my phone, and then because I'm right after the photo is posted, as people are commenting, I'm on there and I'm responding to their comments on our photo to keep our post active for like the first two hours or so, or until I go to bed, because that like increases your visibility too. So there's a lot of, sure. uh, it's just like it's. <laughs> I I worked in an office before where I I took over social media, so I had a little bit of training in that, and so. It's intense, but it is what it is. That's why I don't do it so much anymore, though. I just, you know, but it does definitely help with the engagement. Um, I want people to feel like we care, and it's really nice of them to take the time to write a full comment. And, you know, I, it's important to get to know people that way because it does ultimately build your network, whether it's locally or throughout the country or even broader than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and it is. It does a lot of work, you know. And yeah. People need to know, you know, what really goes into a post and what, what you need yeah. to do. And, um, it's so much work. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Becca's so then, over there like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much, so much work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, for you two, in the decision of going into business together, uh, what did that journey kind of look like? Uh, Becca, do you want to go? Uh, well, so we we like I said, we met in the pastry program in culinary school, and we. Uh, I hit it off right away, um, mm-hmm. and we had the opportunity to kind of work together in school, so kind of get like a, a good sense of how it is that we work together, how we work um, under time pressure together, under stress together, and uh, I went into the pastry program so pretty open. I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to take. I just was kind of testing the waters and seeing what appealed to me. Oh, yeah, I feel like you came in with a much more clear idea of what you wanted to do. You wanted to move into custom cakes. I mean, you were you were working in custom cakes already, but you eventually wanted to have your own business. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of uh, just kept, like, joking about, like, well, we're going to business together. Like, you, you bake for me. Like, all, and eventually it's just, like, she kind of said, you know, I'm not joking, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and it just sort of – it was this combination of like, okay, well, I see this person, we work really, really well together, and also this just sort of like passive sort of, okay, well, we're working together kind of every day, and let's just keep doing that. Um, And we had a sort of opportunity come up, uh, a friend of a friend of Alia's was getting married and and wanted her to do the cakes, and we're like, okay, well, let's, let's take this opportunity and let's sort of formalize it and mm-hmm. um there was kind of the mad scramble to formalize it so we could so we could take that opportunity and I guess I don't know do you want to you want to add to that yeah I mean yeah so exactly like, like I said we met in, in pastry school and I, we, I would just joke all the time and then eventually I realized that she was taking me seriously but I uh had always so I was already in custom cakes and I knew that I wanted to continue that and I was enjoying it still. So I wanted to start my own business, but I always knew that I, like I can bake, but it's not the thing that brings me joy. Decorating is the thing that brings me joy. So I always knew that I, in an ideal world, I would have a partner to do the baking for me. And I, it's just when sometimes fate is on your side that we just ended mm-hmm. up together and that Becca is so good at what she does and that she oh. likes doing it mm-hmm. and so that was really just incredibly fortunate yeah. um mm-hmm. so yeah and I think the most important thing too in terms of our partnership is we like Becca said we worked in the kitchen together and we communicate really well so and that you know that's good and bad like we we don't really miss words and that's not to say like we're arguing we just like if something's not working we're not afraid to voice that and we went and went into this agreeing that, like, if we needed to at some point down the line as a partnership, we would get couples therapy if we needed it because it's a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean it, it's nice that you guys, I mean, had set that from the beginning, you know, and you're like, okay, these are the terms, these are agreements, these are, you know, obviously just kind of verbally at that point, but you're like, this is how it's going to work, you know, like, let's let's do this together, you know, and figure it out. Because, yeah, it is, it is a relationship, you know, work relationship. Yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, work wise, yeah, professional <laughs> spouse. Um, we, we both work so hard. And I think that, you know, for anybody who's kind of starting a business, you have to be so 
clear with yourself what your boundaries and expectations are from the get-go so that you can, you know, maintain those as you're building up this new, big, scary thing. And I, I, it's, a, it's kind of a blessing and a curse to do that with, with somebody else too because, you know, on the one hand, it's, you're not doing it all alone. You have somebody to share it with, and that's really great. On the other hand, it is that added level of communication of like, okay, well, I'm not, I, I need to not just be clear um, about myself and for myself. I need to be clear for this other person too. And we need to be clear with each other and we need to sort of work and stress out and grow together and respect one another's boundaries and also make boundaries as a unit. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just like a big balance. But I think that just the, the number one thing, yeah, like Alia said, is communication. Like we communicate really well. And I think that's where all of our success as partners stems from is because we can have the hard conversations, have the confusing conversations, be excited together, be stressed together, and, um, you know, sort of just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I ran out of steam. Let's see. Uh, just, balance just, each other out. just balance each other out and, yeah. and navigate this ridiculous thing that is small business ownership together. So, I don't know. I love it. I love you all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, so then how can we help you all then? Um, I think uh, sharing things on Instagram is also always great. I think um, also I think on the larger scale of just small businesses, I think it's really important to tag everybody, you know, either in a wedding or a photo shoot, regardless of whether or not what they did is in the photo. Mm. Um, so I always, like, I think giving proper credit across the board for small businesses is vital. Um, so I think it's important for people, you know, even you're posting photos, you know, for if you're um, a client, for example, and you post a photo, it's always nice to give everybody credit so people who see that will know who it is that did every single thing. Um, yeah. It's just people put a lot of hard work, whether it's our cakes or floral or planning or uh, catering or, you know, all the little, little things in between that people don't realize that they need until they start planning their wedding. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, my gosh, my venue is on a hill and I need bathrooms. And, you know, there's to go, like, nice bathrooms that are – that's a thing in Washington. I don't know if that's a thing in Arizona. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, like, like, they're, like, really nice. So, anyway, so I think giving credit where credit is due is always important to me, regardless yeah. of whether or not, like, our cake is in that photo. I want people to know that we were a part of that wedding or that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one way. Uh, I yeah. sort of piggybacking on that. I think that it's really important. You know, a wedding does. It's not just one person who puts a wedding together. It's just this amazing combination of a bunch of different vendors who are all doing their own thing, and it comes together. You know, to create this this beautiful celebration for this couple. Um, and I think, you know, it's the responsibility of individual vendors within the wedding industry to kind of take the time and do the research about what other types of vendors in the wedding industry are doing mm-hmm. so that you can be respectful and considerate because you have some sort of base of knowledge of like maybe what this, this person's concerns are, um, and their potential like problems they might have so that, so that when you um, are interacting with that other vendor mm-hmm. to help put together this, you know, this overall uh, wedding, you can be, you know, sort of knowledgeable and respectful of like where this person is coming from, what they're thinking about 
and you can all kind of work together to really create a successful um, event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. And just moving in harmony with each other, you know, but also mm-hmm. yes. understanding, yeah. you know, their concerns, like you had said. And, I mean, it, ultimately, the really the way that you're going to figure out, you know, what it is, and the pains and struggles that that vendor um, deals with is sometimes, you know, literally putting their shoes on, you know. And I've actually mm-hmm. um, had the benefit, actually, of putting myself and into the different shoes. And I asked these people, I'm like, hey, can I just come and help out on a day of, for, say, a florist, a caterer, uh, yeah. um, anything like that, you know. And then it, like, really, I mean, ups the ante on, respecting that job, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah. portion of the wedding, um, especially off the planning aspect of it. I mean, but in any aspect, you know, you really just realize, you know, like, holy cow, I have so much respect for you. Like, this is crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, none of us are at odds. We're all working towards the same goal. It's just we're all coming sure. from, from different spots working towards that same mm-hmm. goal. And um, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, nobody's an island. We're all in this together. And um, it's people, I, I think, especially like this, this industry is just built off of connections. And mm-hmm. if you take the time to do your research, get to know people, make those connections, and really sort of understand what it is that people do and what their individual portion of the hustle is, um, the more success I think you're going to have as a business because you've built those connections. People, people know you, know that you're respectful, you're great to work with, and will recommend you in the future, uh, will keep you in mind when they have projects going. I, think, I, I don't know. I, just, I think that the connections are so important, and the more you can foster those and build them, the better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so then – what is one last nugget that you all would want to leave with the Nugget crew? Um, I have a feeling that what I'm going to say is what Becca's going to say, and just to test that out, I want Becca to go first. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I see. I feel like I – I think I, like, I'm going to get you in your head. Yeah, now you're in my head. Let me think. Um, I was going <laughs> to go serious, but now I might go silly. <laughs> Okay, well, I was going to say, and I think that I feel like this is what you, if I hadn't prepped you, you would have said this, is Mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid to say no to things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say no. I would say never underestimate the power of a good soundtrack in the office, kitchen, wherever it is that you work. Mm. Just like Alia and I have worked until midnight some nights trying to get stuff done, and music keeps us going, keeps us happy, um, keeps us motivated. I yeah. just, just even, yeah, and I guess that boils down to take a breath, take care of yourself, have fun when you can, because um, that mm. makes the difficult moments that much easier to get through. Yeah. No, I love that, and I loved just our time together um, during this podcast. I'm excited to now follow you all on your journey um, wherever, you know, the road leads you. Like I said, I do have family up in the Seattle area, so next time I'm up there, mm-hmm. we'll have to 
definitely connect and get coffee. Yeah. And I definitely have to taste your cake at this point. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> yeah. craving it. Um, but, I mean, thank you guys so much for being on today. It was lovely chatting with you both. I look forward to meeting you in person. If there's anything that I can do for you in the meantime, please let me know. Um, but, yeah, thank you again, and have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. And we'll all um, chat soon for sure. So. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast today. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and then also TikTok, Miranda Madison Events on all three of the platforms, you guys. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.